hello how are you doing welcome back to another episode of whoa now the podcast bringing you candid conversations relevant to the masses i hope you're doing well um i personally have been riding on high since the inauguration um i am actually re-recording this intro because I recorded it before the inauguration happened and I was just kind of hoping for the best. And now that we are after the inauguration, the best came. So I just want to acknowledge that. Shout out to Amanda Gorman, the amazing youth poet laureate. Um, who recited a beautiful speech, um, poem, at the inauguration. And I truly am so excited for all of the opportunities that that will afford her. Um, and all of the coats, all the coats, just the, the, just all the monochrome looks. I, I, I really am living for them. Um, all of my clothes are not with me. They were all in D.C., but, you know, I love it for them. Um, But you are joined for another episode of the two-part problems with where the music resides. And today, Jonathan and I are going to talk more about our musical interests, um, some musical trifectas, you know, the things, nerd stuff. So please stay tuned after the break for problems with where the music resides part two with jonathan gaither you are now listening to teaching tea brought to you by the woe now podcast Incitement, sedition, insurrection, coup. We have heard these terms to no end since January 6th. But what do they mean? Why do they matter? And how could they have long-term repercussions on presidential history? First off, hey girl, hey. Welcome back to another episode of Teaching Tea, where today we'll be making a refreshing cup of sleepy time tea, because I'm tired. Our kettle is boiling on the stove as we speak. All right, now let's define some of these terms. Double time. Incitement, as defined by the New York Times kids by way of Merriam-Webster, means to urge on, move it to action, or stir it up. Something a president basically shouldn't be doing in most circumstances. Sedition, as defined by Merriam-Webster, is an incitement of resistance to or insurrection against lawful authority, i.e., fighting to stop legal, lawful, standard government processes. And that brings us to our last term. Oops, the water is done. Insurrection. 
my girl Insurrection has been used so many times. She's had her rent paid for the year, bought a Tesla, and adopted a dog. Merriam-Webster defines it as an act or instance of revolting against civil authority or an established government, i.e. trying to obstruct the certification of a free and fair election. Now, let's pour this tea before we wrap this up. Last summer, there was new legislation passed by 45 himself, authorizing him to use the resources of the government to prevent insurrections like the one at the Capitol. And his intent when passing the legislation was that he'd likely be affecting BLM protesters who he believes don't have a cause for their protests. However, many believe that he himself was responsible for the January 6th insurrection. And if convicted by the Senate, Trumpy will lose a lot of privileges. He will have thwarted his own 200K pension for life, lose his ability to run in 2024, and personally, the most exciting benefit, in my opinion, lose his lifetime secret service detail. Now, I don't think you'll see him strolling through Trader Joe's, but his band of mall cops will likely not be able to make the choppa sing like the Secret Service. This has been Teaching Tea, brought to you by the Woe Now Podcast. Sip on that. All right, so fast forwarding to now. So you were living in D.C. last semester. Yes. First time living by yourself, um, <laughs> which sounds lonely at times. Mm -hmm. And I can only, I, I can imagine that like one of the only things that was getting you through some of the loneliest days was music. So yes. um, in, during that time, what music gave you comfort? My vinyls collection, um, mm -hmm. 100%. I, I'm going to, you know, put a little plug. Y'all should hit up Joint Custody Record Store in D.C. Yes. <laughs> because they, they, are, they are incredible. Um, in terms of the stuff that was really holding me over um, for that time, hmm, because it wasn't Bubba. It, was, it wasn't Bubba, believe it or not. It was mm -hmm. not Bubba from Cage or Not. It was not that newest album. Um, I was, used to start listening to a lot of old stuff. So, like, Q-Tip um, came out with, like I had a couple of his stuff. I had a um, compilation record called The Daisy Age, which mm -hmm. was like Mrs. Mrs. Dabalina, all that old stuff. Um, and that one album, if you're asking me like what was one succinct thing that really got me through those tough times, mm -hmm. um, which was actually an album that I got off of eBay because I couldn't find it anywhere else. It was De La Soul is Dead. They're, oh, wow. um, 19, they're 1991, um, like unreleased, like vinyl and everything. That was like, it, like you had like a label on the bottom, so like Mark not for sale. Um, wow. And I had to, and I had to like search all over the place. It wasn't even on Discogs, mm -hmm. um, which is like the predominant like place to buy like um, vinyl and everything. And so once I got that, I started playing it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this is it. And that is was that what I was doing? Is that the album where Drawn is on? Like the song drawn. Actually, hold on. Let me let me 
check real quick for you because okay. I don't want to give you wrong information. <laughs> I believe that it is because I look at the cover all the time. I think on the cover, it's like a crowd of people and then they throw something or like some like there's something that's being oh. launched. I'm mm -mm. like, I'm not sure. <laughs> so I'm this not. this so this album is actually um, 19. It was released in 1990. Okay. Um, or actually, it was worked on in 1990 and then released in 1991. The album you're talking about, I know exactly what you're talking about, but um, okay. that's actually one of their newer ones, I think. Oh, um, wow. Okay, so I need to yeah. tap in. Because, like, I listen to De La Soul. I listen to, like, them and similar artists. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't, I haven't dived deep enough in. So I'm, I might have to just, like, you know, take a day to just mm -hmm. kind of take all that in. Okay, noted. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that like you were able to, of course, use like old, older hip hop, you know, and just music in general to get you through the craziness of last semester. Cause I mean, we, we had never been through anything like that before. And um, I think that everyone needs their thing that keeps mm -hmm. them going and keeps them able to sustain, you know? Absolutely. Um, so I personally have been listening to a lot of like DJ sets, uh, shout out to Clubhouse Global, which is like the creative collective Absolutely. That, that I have been like <laughs> tapping into in order to just like stay sane and just stay in the know with what's going on in music um, because they have like daily sets and I'm actually about to tap into one of those in like three hours. So I set a reminder cause I always miss them anyway. Um, and SoundCloud mixes have been my thing, um, just to keep giving me party vibes whenever I feel like having them. <laughs> and so how have you been kind of refreshing your musical palette during this time where concerts and live events are not a thing and you just sometimes need some inspiration so funny thing you mentioned it those um sets that you sent me the clubhouse ones mm -hmm. um, were actually incredible and i have they are to those. so good they're so, so good. good they're so, so incredibly good. good they're so good um, yeah and also one of the other things um i'll plug <laughs> on here yes. um, i've been listening to khalil Jamar's playlists um, okay. on, yes. on SoundCloud and everything. And his mixes are incredible. Um, so if you have a chance um, you know, to check this out, I highly suggest it. Shout and out then, to Howard Sam. Like, shout out to Howard, you know, the, mm -hmm. the family right there and everything. I know like, all the producers are doing incredible stuff, even during you know the quarantine um, time period. And so once we're back on campus, those are the people that I'm going to be watching for <laughs> in terms Definitely. of making huge splashes, huge splashes in the industry. Yes. Um, but in terms of like like what like really refreshes like my mind about like different things on here, I listen to a lot of boiler room sets, um, oh, okay. and specific and specifically ones from Germany, um, and any of the ones that they had in Paris. Um, mm -hmm. Those two are really where I'm trying to kind of focus on because what they'll do is they'll have an intersectionality between um, hip hop and electro mixed in with a little bit of house music, um, mm -hmm. because I'm huge into you know like the Bergheim feel. Um, that, you know, like that Berlin house moment, um, ever since I went there back in the summer of 2019, um, that was just like a mind blowing, changing experience, walking into a record store and all they had was house music. Oh my, <laughs> that, oh my gosh. And it, yeah. And it would just go down, go down the whole aisle. So yeah, that's, that's basically what I've been, what I've been up to. For you, when you were traveling abroad, were you able to like catch a show? <sighs> I never caught any like full full shows but I definitely okay. 
Um, actually, you know what? That that is a lie. I've been oh. to two. I've been to two or three DJ sets before. Oh, that's and everything awesome. like that. Um, you can call those a show because they're not like a concert or anything. You just kind of mm-hmm. walk in, you know, pay the guy at the door, whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> and go and do your thing. Um, but I remember just hearing things from that. Like I, you could pull out a Shazam and that you wouldn't, you know, get a single hit on any of those songs. Mm-hmm. Those things come straight from you know the flash drives and those guys' computers and everything yeah. like that. And they're all golden. So I would suggest that. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Okay, so here's a question I've never asked anyone. It's a question that I've always thought about, but mm-hmm. who is your musical superpower trifecta? If you were to choose three mm-hmm. artists that you throw out as like wild cards at a party, in Ox Wars, mm-hmm. who are those three artists that you'd be like, catch like all y'all catch get this work um yeah Yeah. I just I would love to know so honestly you know what I'm gonna hit you with this we're talking about because I say like a party for party vibes and everything like that um I would go with oh my goodness you gotta give me a second to think about that because that's actually kind of hard um if I was talking about like you know like a Howard party you know what I'm saying? Um, I would definitely go with a little bit of um, a little bit of like future. You already know, like people, everybody loves. <laughs> oh, toxic like, you know, future. We love that. Uh, a, a toxic, like a nice like future song or whatever like that. Um, and then I would go with a little bit of D Savage. Okay. Um, those songs always, you know, go up pretty hard. And then I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't do Nudie, um, because <laughs> his stuff, his stuff, I feel like is like a lot more chill. But then O3 Greedo will be the last one that's like rap at a party that I would rock with and then yeah that that'd be it I love and then that if we're talking about if we're talking about like a kickback though we're talking about like a kickback like people just chilling just hanging out and everything can vibe to any type of music I'm going with number one would be Cortex Cortex is this jazz group and everything Ooh. that all these rappers sample you know your favorite rapper's favorite rapper you know recipe is MF Doom he mm-hmm. samples Cortex <laughs> and so oh, wow. your favorite rapper's favorite rapper favorite jazz band is cortex and so i would 100 go with that um you already know i had to throw a little bit of kitchenada in there of course um that Vital. would be absolutely that'll be the last one and then here's a new one you might not have heard of but Daphini. um Daphini mm-hmm. is a house artist i think his stuff is really calm really chill you can like talk you know with a group of friends like while his stuff's playing in the back all of it is absolutely beautiful and a little wild card in there for any party it would be a toro emuler um, okay. track yes. and everything I'll go up one of those I think that for me when I thought of like this question or was just thinking about this myself mm-hmm. I was in sad girl mode or at least just like mellow girl mode yeah. so I was thinking of Napalm I was mm. thinking of uh, Nick Hakim and yes. I was thinking of Moses Sumney because Moses Sumney man <laughs> No, but they are all heavy hitters and specifically so. Nick Hakim. He like, I just don't understand how people are not getting put on. Like, I don't understand how people have not yet tapped into this man because like, he's great. Like, oh my goodness. I, I saw his tiny desk. I think he may have two. Like he had the at home version, but also one mm-hmm. from a couple of years ago, but they were just great. And then Napalm unmatched vocally. Um, and Moses Sumney too. So I think I'm going to have to- Nick Hakeem. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I said, I'm going to have to like reshape, you know, what my <laughs> trifecta would be for all these other occasions. But, um, but yeah. Awesome, awesome. But you were saying Nick Hakeem- 
Oh yeah, Nick Hakim. I know he had one album that I listened to. It was like Green Twins. Um, from yes. uh, that was a, that was a while ago too. I think that that dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I just remember being very like, you know, like you said, it was like mellow vibes. It wasn't anything too crazy and everything no. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Moses Sumney is of course like everybody should Ugh. everybody should listen to Moses. Sumney. I don't <laughs> understand how they have not like I don't get how they have not tapped in by now. Like I just <laughs> people people yeah. will, but even if they don't, it's okay. <laughs> exactly it's because okay. we know, you know what I mean. Like, we, know. we know exactly. <laughs> we know. <laughs> I'm gonna exactly. see him at Afropunk and just be like, yeah, yeah, this yes. is it. But like, oh I'm God. here. I'm grounded right now. My two feet are on this planet, and I'm connected <laughs> to that energy, man. I would I would live for that performance. Cause like even watching um what was it afropunk global this past summer yeah. like watching because he was the opener like watching his mm-hmm. opening performance i w- he was giving me so much life as i was sitting on the floor in my room like oh my just goodness. just all <laughs> just all of it just there just there and and just when an artist makes you feel like that um it was just the best feeling in the world you know mm-hmm. Like that is just one of those, like such a pure, um, I guess, form of just enjoyment when when it comes to like all the things that you could do. Um, listening to music is one of those things where it's like, okay, this is truly healing because, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're hardwired, we're human beings. We're meant to listen to sounds. We're meant to have this, you know, like this rhythm um, around us in the world, in our life. And when you get that rhythm, you know, coming off of like a concert like that, especially an Afropunk concert, when you're surrounded mm-hmm. by all that African, like that presence and everything, you know what I'm saying? Like that black excellence, you just see it, you feel it. And then you go and perform And After you leave that, you feel like refreshed. You feel like yeah. you've entered something new. So I absolutely love that. Yeah. So whenever I discover new artists or new music in general, it kind of kind of makes me anxious I'm not gonna lie to you because mm-hmm. I start thinking about what other music is out there that I haven't tapped into yet right and so for you like have you ever considered that there are like niche genres or just music in general that you haven't yet discovered and how does that make you feel so a niche genre you know what like you said at the beginning I listen to a whole lot of different stuff but what I come to realize is that you can stick a piece of music under a genre but these artists don't make you know songs for them to be you know just stuck under something like that they make music because they want to make music um and so one of the things that i've realized like hey you could be listening to like electronic and get 20 different 20 different like you know vibes and 20 different like types of music that you hear um and so maybe one of the ones that i've really been trying to get a little bit more into um would definitely be like latin music um like jazz um and then like you know your dance hall and stuff like that because I feel Mm -hmm. like that's not something that you see all that often in America like you know we go to Howard Mm -hmm. you hear that all the time there um but outside of it like I never heard (laughs) dance hall at least in the areas that I've lived um Mm -hmm. and so it's something that I'm really trying to get more into yeah Yeah. when I discovered um bossa nova that like Mm, blew my mind because it was the girl from Ipanema (laughs) it's like it is so lively and exuberant and it makes you want to dance and there's Mm -hmm. also chill bossa nova that makes you want to like drink wine and eat pasta but like (laughs) like it's just it's so I feel like it's so diverse and you know I it completely like blew my mind that I could study to this music and dance to it like just, you know, just unmatched. But um, so now moving on to the future. So 
are there any musical endeavors that you can see yourself tapping into? Like, are you trying to learn any instruments? Are are we thinking about mm-hmm. spinning perhaps? Because I feel like people are tapping into like the DJ space. So what are what yeah. are we what are we thinking about, Jonathan? So you know what? I really see music as something that is meant to be shared. Um, me personally, I love sharing music with others. And I love being in situations like that. Would I ever become a DJ? If I got my repertoire to the place I needed it to be. Maybe. Okay. But I wouldn't be a conventional one. Okay. What I would do um, is I would be, I'd be rocking straight vinyl. I'd be oh. rocking straight vinyl. Okay. All right. Like the, the, this, would, this would be like a whole, like a whole mix and set like that. And uh, one of the things that I'm trying to tap into is like growing my collection more so that I have more to share with others because I feel like um, getting archival music is so incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Going to your local record store and not buying the newest, you know, albums and stuff like that. I do not buy a lot of like, like incredibly new stuff like that. Like, you know, recently released, unless it's like, um, like you know, my Kedronada albums and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really see it as there's so much untapped music out there. Things that even if, if you shuffled, you know, what's called your library for, for days or whatever if you just go went on the radio um and tried to listen to stuff you would never be able to find them mm-hmm. um and i and i think that you know going into you know your local record store and buying a couple of those trying to figure out like hey listen to stuff you like don't like um actually makes the world a much more colorful place because it continues to bring back the flowers of the past and make them blossom in the future and i think that is such an incredible incredible thing to have that was a bar um that was great that was a moment (laughs) that was that was we needed that yeah (laughs) we needed that last line um what is the future of live events in your opinion what do you think that things are going to be looking like in six months from now a year from now Mm -hmm. how do you once live events do come back i feel like our generation since it's majority of the artists that we listen to currently um are like you know other people our age listen to or you know millennials or people you know under their 30s <laughs> like go to these concerts more often um i think the concert scene is going to bounce back just fine if not better mm-hmm. um, i feel like this time has added um a lot of ability for artists to come up with a lot of stuff these artists have not been you know sitting twiddling their thumbs so a lot of them have been you know really going out um, and working on their craft just waiting for the right time to drop some of their like their best projects their best stuff um, and I really feel like post-COVID is going to be the time to do that. Um, you're going to see, you're going to see, a, it's going to be a movie, 100%. A movie. Yeah. And in terms of like the stuff in DC though, those are going to bounce back even better. Mm-hmm. Why? Because, you know, the venue, the Black Cat, um, is one of the places that I rep for all the time. It's a grunge rock venue. And I always thought they had one of the best, you know, just like vibes in there, one of the best atmospheres in general. Um, because everybody walked in there, you knew that all of those people loved that artist. It was a small little shack out there on, um, I think it was 14th Street and mm-hmm. everything like that. It's barely even marked, man. You walk in there, you have a great time. They got these big old like hyperstack speakers, like like 12 on top of one another, just right there in the front. One stage, one little booth for the person controlling the sound and then a the floor that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've really been like missing, and I only went to a few of these like shows if you would call them shows but like mm-hmm. sesh collectives like they were yes. just such a community space and um i feel like it was good for howard students like i feel like it was 100%. good for artists in the community and just good vibes like i've never seen anything negative at a sesh collective you know just all just all positive things so i i definitely get what you mean 
Um, what is the first music festival that you hope to go to once things open back up? The first music festival I want to go to? I want to go to Afropunk. That's mm-hmm. definitely like one of the ones I want to go to um, Which one? first. I want to go to um, Johannesburg. I want to go to Jayburg. Um, either that or Paris. A-Punk Paris or Jayburg is one of the my, my go-to destinations. Yes. Um, and then maybe outside of that, um, I want to go what's called, I wouldn't even call it like club hopping, but like like a club crawl in, in either like Berlin or like Amsterdam and everything like that and like really check out like the um like the heavy like the heavy house scene that they have there mm-hmm. um and like breakbeat scenes which are hilarious. some crazy places to be but I'm, I'm really excited to see if I can get out there that's awesome okay now my last question for you is what song have you been really vibing to recently like if you can choose one mm-hmm. what song so funny you say it the song is actually called vibing um, and oh. I highly suggest it. It's called Vibin' by Jai Paul. Oh, this man, wow. Jai Paul, is incredible. Um, his collective does some insane stuff. And he, even his website, all, everything about him is incredible. So his name is Jai Paul, J-I-P-A-U-L. Look him up. Tap get in. on it. And get hit. Tap in. Absolutely. Tap in. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, Jonathan. All of my listeners, you can follow Jonathan at Jonathan.Gaither, G-A-I-T-H-E-R. And stay tuned after the break for What's Next. favorite episode i love chatting and venting with jonathan so much it was good for the soul i want to do something a little different during this episode of course i asked jonathan a song that he was vibing to but i also wanted to give you all a song that i was vibing to one that's giving me life jasmine sullivan's pick up your feelings has really been like on repeat for me Of course, I can't play it here, but follow us on Instagram at WoNowPod to hear the song and see some more exclusive content. Also, I have an announcement. We finally have a Twitter. You can follow the Twitter page for the podcast at WoLaw on Twitter for some hot takes and good conversation. All right that's it for me until next time please stay safe stay healthy and hydrated i will see you soon huge shout out to the people that made this show possible thank you to peyton mack for the lovely graphics you can follow her at underscore miss dot mac underscore on instagram Another shout out to Isaiah Sims for producing our amazing theme music. You can follow him at ZaySims underscore on Instagram and at ZaySims no underscore on SoundCloud. Again, a shout out to our amazing guest, Jonathan. We had a ball 
and acknowledgments to Eliana Block of 11 Alive and Domenico Montanaro of NPR as sources for Teaching Tea. I, of course, am Annalisa Law, reminding you to remember that life is a journey and not a destination, so live accordingly. See you next week. <laughs>